All right, welcome to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am killed, and with me as always is Brandon. And we have survived the long weekend, weekend slash Monday of football because it was the annual Lions Monday night blunder. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to be honest, I, I know we talked a little bit about this last week, but I was kind of thinking about it, like favorite to least favorite. I mean, Sunday's at one o'clock, you know, I mean, that's like, that's Lions time. Mm-hmm. But then I would probably say my preference would go Sundays at one, Monday night football, Sunday night football. Then my least favorite is the four o'clock times. Yeah, four o'clock is awful because it's like right in the middle of the day. Yeah, it totally throws everything off. Like one o'clock is perfect. You know, you're having lunch or you're getting done with lunch and then you kind of can just like chill for the beginning of the afternoon and everything at the end of the day is better. You know, kids are going to bed or maybe in bed, things are kind of winding down, but yeah, that four o'clock just blows. So, and speaking of things that blow, <laughs> the Lions went into uh, Green Bay and kind of did what was expected. Oh, yeah. Even though the uh, commentators kept on stating how unbelievable it was and, you know, how Aaron Rodgers could never imagine being down to the Lions and losing <laughs> at halftime. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and also, did did you know that uh, the Packers didn't play very well week one versus the Saints? (gasps) No. I mean, it's like they said that about 4,000 times. Gosh. So, uh, dude, it was so old. Like, honestly, I would have probably preferred watching it on mute just because to not hear the same thing regurgitated over and over again. Yeah, I always hate watching... Lions Packers games because they spend the entire time talking about how great Aaron Rodgers is. I know. And it's just I get tired of hearing it. That's that was a lot of the reason why I didn't like Brett Favre back in the day. I, I made a comment on uh social media about it where I was just like Monday night commentators drool over Green Bay quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And somebody replied, you know, well, you know, they're good and they win championships. And I'm like, yeah, I know that, but it's also like you know, you have Peyton Manning, you have Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you have other good quarterbacks out there. And outside of Brady, I feel like nobody gets talked about as much as Green Bay quarterbacks. No, not at all. So, yeah, it was just unnecessary, which was to be expected. So, yeah. But uh, as far as the game went, uh yeah, we landed with uh the final of Green Bay 35, Detroit 17. So Brandon, Lions expert and uh fan with a broken heart for an entire lifetime. How's uh <laughs> what's your feedback on the game? Oh gosh, it was pretty much what I expected. I, I knew that Green Bay was gonna bounce back. Um this kind of stuff happens all the time to the Lions like pretty much my entire life. So I just expect it. Uh, when you're playing a team that struggled the week before, they always like correct everything and come out and just blow the lions out. Uh, lions hung in there in the first half. So I'll give them that. It just, man, the linebackers are horrible for the lions. Yeah. The Anzalone, he was like three steps behind every guy he was covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Collins, he was, Starting to show his age, he looked pretty bad. And now I see that they're trying to trade him. So oh, that'd be cool. interesting. See uh, if you get anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the secondary is pretty thin. Uh, you know, with Okuda being out for the season now with an Achilles injury. So, um, uh, Ifatu Melon Fanwu, I mean, say that 10 times fast. <laughs> uh, he He's a rookie and he got the start. And he actually got hurt. He heard his quad, and now I see that he is on IR. So, <laughs> you know, they're even thinner now. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, as far as, like, numbers and stuff, we got Goff went 26 for 36 for two touchdowns and an interception. 
Um, man, that interception. I mean, he was hit when he threw it, so I kind of give him somewhat of a pass on that, but still. Uh, Hawkinson, again, was the leading receiver. He had eight catches for 66 yards and touchdown. Uh, Cephas was close with that. He had four catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the run game did next to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, Michael Brockers and um, Harris, they they both had sacks. So I think still only two sacks. There was a little bit of pressure on on Rodgers, but he's you know he's pretty mobile. He can get out of the pocket and run around. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Still, that pass rush, it's not good. And I saw somewhere that the Lions actually don't have the worst um, sacks per game oh, gosh, number you're... this year. It's the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you know, Rashawn Gary <laughs> oh, man. is their pass rusher. Shots uh, fired. Beep. Yeah. So for Packers, Rodgers went 22 for 27. You only had five incompletions the whole game. For 255 yards and four touchdowns. He almost had as many touchdowns as incompletions. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um and then Aaron Jones had 17 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. He also had three receiving touchdowns. Dang. Uh Devontae Adams, he had eight catches for 121 yards. Um yeah, and I mean, the, he was matched up with Melon Fonwu the most of the game. So it was kind of made sense that Rodgers was going to be picking on the rookie the whole time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, you know, they hung in there in the first half. The second half, they did nothing. I mean, they literally scored zero points. Oh, it just, it finally caught up with them. And, you know, two. the Packers kind of woke up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, it's gonna be a rough season. Oh um, yeah, I think I said when we did like our season preview that they were gonna go three and fourteen. I think that's that still is pretty accurate. Yeah, I can't remember if I wrote that down somewhere, but I remember you were pretty low. So, which seems relatively accurate, but yeah, I think that end of the uh, San Francisco game kind of gave people a little bit of false hope um maybe not specifically for this well maybe specifically for this game but just as far as like oh maybe this season won't be so bad and then the turd was laid in green bay so uh but i mean like yeah you know, like you're saying i mean what what do we expect you know still like the team i i honestly like uh some of the things especially uh the first half there was more to take away because it was so shocking that the Lions had the lead of the half. Um, but uh, the game plan, especially for the offense, was uh, pretty methodical, and uh, they did a, a good job of picking things apart. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do good second-half adjustments, but, uh, you know, I saw some flashes of hope for the future. So Yeah. But yeah, and then uh, anything, uh, anything else to kind of take away from that, or? Uh, not really. I mean, same takeaways I had week one that you know the linebackers look bad. Uh, we still really don't have much of a pass rush. The secondary is pretty thin now, and the wide receiving core is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess you know, like I said at the beginning of the season, we got a bunch of wide receiver threes and fours starting. And with uh, Tyrell Williams, he was the closest thing to a, a decent starter we had, mm-hmm. other than St. Brown, who's a rookie. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's gonna be a rough year. <laughs> yep. So we'll see if uh anybody beats out the Lions for last place this year. So all right. Well, uh, if you don't got anything else, we can talk a little bit. Or 
I can't remember. Did we do uh <laughs> what setup did we decide to do? Did we decide to talk about the Lions upcoming game next? Or do we jump into well, let's just talk about the Lions, get it out of the way. I think it's what we did last time. Yeah, I think so too. I, we change the format of this all the time. So go with the flow. So now one thing I want to say to lead uh, lead up uh, into this new portion is I am absolutely shocked that the Lions are only, um, that the Ravens are only favored by eight points. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised too. Uh, I know they do have quite a bit of injuries. Um, a couple of their wide receivers, uh, Rashad Bateman, who was a first round pick, you know, Michigan fans probably recognize him, you know, Minnesota guy. Uh, he hasn't played cause he's on IR. Um, man, there was a wide receiver from Notre Dame and I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he's also on IR. And I know they got some guys on the defensive side of the ball too. that are kind of banged up, but, uh, but I they guess, took down Patrick Mahomes and chiefs. Yeah. And that's the first time that Lamar Jackson's done that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of him getting the monkey off his back. And um, the first time, did you see the thing that was put out there? That was the first time that Patrick Mahomes had lost a game in September since he was in college. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's <laughs> But yeah, I mean the game's at one on CBS. So yeah, that's the time I like to watch the Lions games. <laughs> Perfect. But um so I mean as far as playmakers and stuff, you know, like I mentioned Lamar Jackson. Um last week he had two hundred and thirty nine passing yards and a hundred and seven rushing yards with three touchdowns. So, yeah, big part of the offense there. Uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, he's like their top wide receiver. Um, He's done fairly well the last two weeks. They have Mark Andrews, who's a Pro Bowl tight end. He's pretty solid. Uh, They also have Sammy Watkins, who, you know, maybe hasn't lived up to his potential when he was drafted, but he's been fairly solid everywhere he goes. Uh, he seems to be playing pretty decent. I think I uh, had him at one point in fantasy for a short period. Yeah, I think I did as well. I think everybody has. <laughs> <laughs> he just like makes the rounds. Yeah. Uh, and at running back, they're really banged up. They've had like three running backs blow out their knees this year. Uh, right now they have Tyson Williams. Who I've never heard of. I believe he's a rookie. But he has been halfway decent for him. So. They got him at running back. I mean, let's face it. Lamar Jackson's also a running back. Oh, yeah. When he's got the ball, he, he's a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a pretty decent defense. I mean, the Ravens always do. Uh, Patrick Queen, he's by far their best player on the defense. He's leads the league in, yeah, leads the team in tackles. Um, and you also have Calais Campbell. You know, he's getting up there in age, but he's still a pretty impact player. Uh, they also have the rookie Jason Owe from Penn State. Uh, I believe he got a sack week one. He didn't do a lot last week, but I mean they're playing the Chiefs, so and you got you know Mahomes back there who can make a lot happen out of nothing. So Magic he doesn't get sacked man. too often, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's in the Super Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to run for his life. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really expect, expecting too much from this game either. Uh, this one's going to be chalked up as a loss, too. Yeah, I mean, the only way I see this game being close um, is the letdown after last week. Now, I, I completely understand that you know the Ravens are missing some key players and everything, but so are the Lions. So... Um, from what the Ravens were able to do this past weekend, they seem more capable of overcoming their adversity to win games. So, yeah, I don't see there being much of a chance that the Lions even really keep it close, at least in the second half. First half, who knows? Maybe they'll pull another Green Bay and make things entertaining for a little bit. 
yeah, I'm hoping to see one of these wide receivers kind of step up and show that they have some ability. Cephas has been playing pretty well. Did you see that catch that he almost made? Yeah. That one right there on the sideline? That would have been an amazing <laughs> catch. Uh, that would have probably been shown in, like, you know, NFL trailers and stuff for the season. Mm-hmm. It was. It would have been as good, if not better, than that crazy Odell Beckham catch. Yeah, well, the catch wasn't fl- uh, changing gears a little bit. The catch wasn't flashy, but what about that touchdown pass that um, Goff threw? Yeah, to to Hawkinson. Yeah, like right at the corner of the end zone, like perfect placement, perfect catch. Just like there was, it it was just awesome. And then I was really, (laughs) later on in the game, they're just like, oh, you're never going to see another pass as perfect as the one that Rodgers just threw. And I'm just like, what about the one that Goff just threw like 10 minutes ago? Right. Yeah, that it was like dropped perfectly over his shoulder, you know, only where Hawkinson could get it. And, you know, Hawkinson stretched out, made the fingertip catch. It was, he couldn't have drawn it up any better than that. Yeah. Perfect. Unless Aaron Rodgers threw it. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron Aaron Rodgers would have somehow drawn a flag too. And blah 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 he would have thrown it two yards behind the guy and if he didn't catch it he would have gave him a dirty look <laughs> he, he loves to do that oh man uh well got a little bit sidetracked there <clears throat> so yeah it'll be uh i mean we'll we'll give more of our thoughts of course when we do the uh score breakdown and predictions but yeah detroit coming back home and against banged up Ravens team, but probably not uh, expecting a whole lot this week as well. Yeah. All right. Ray, switch gears up. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. So we get to go to the more positive side of things and talk about, I just moved it, Michigan, who was ranked 25. Uh, with the final score of 63 to 10. Uh, they slightly covered in that game. So, uh, but what I'm going to do is let's just start off with, uh, because I know this is pertaining directly to the game, we'll go ahead and start off with our voicemail for this week. Good Saturday evening to you, fine gentlemen. This is Stephen Brown. Let's get right into it, man. Hey, running backs off. King played decent. He didn't. He didn't make mistakes. Defense is really good. Defense is really good. This team is primed to to. I I think exceed some expectations. I know uh, one of you picked five wins. One of you picked seven. Um, the one that picked five, they're two wins closer to that. So. That unless there are some major injuries, they're going to surpass that easily. Um, I know I, I I figured they'd get past it anyway, but it's still three wins. Now now before some fans would have talked, because now a lot of fans are acting like you know we're Bama on one game at a time. Of course you're going to play one game at a time. You can't mathematically think two games at the same time doesn't make sense. You know, but. I'm not worried. I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful. But I'm also, and I have to find something to complain about, not because I hate Michigan, but because I love Michigan. If you look at how the team responds with the new staff, why didn't Harbaugh fire it? Now, and, and it's a rhetorical question, because who knows if Coach McDonald would have been available or Mike Crawford would have been available or Ron Bellamy three years ago. But Don Brown should have been gone. Where's defense, defense plays? So what it's true, all those guys should have been good, you know. And I'm saying Harbaugh, once again, we didn't the position he coaches. Now the tight ends, where were they? They didn't do anything. One or two catches. I mean, what a surprise! Jay Harbaugh's position didn't do anything. Brandon, you know I gotta, I gotta do it. I just don't like the guys to coach. 
the running backs now, but they have a real running back school now with Mike Hart. And you said Blake Holmes, Blake Holmes should be top four Heisman vote getter right now. But, you know, I, I'm just sad that, you know, so many guys had to waste their talents up under Don Brown in that defense. Now we know what the culture problem was, Don Brown. Don Brown and Coach Harbaugh should have fired him years ago, but whatever, and I'm off there. I don't want to hear people talking about, well, it's just Northern Illinois. It was just Appalachian State in 2007 now. So I think people need to, hey, just a win is a win. It is what it is. This team is playing well. To me, they're the best team right now in the conference. So we'll see. I think they'll be okay. Three and Go Blues. All right, Stephen, thanks for the voicemail again. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I definitely uh, do recall and will not shy away that we had low expectations coming into this season because there were a lot of unknowns. And uh, with the recent history of things, there was not a lot pointing in the direction of uh, positive improvement or vast positive improvement. Uh, but obviously here we are after three games and things look vastly different. Um, obviously, as you just said, one game at a time. So we'll uh, see how things progress and not get ahead in anything. But um, yeah, I I can safely say after three games, things look completely different than I expected. Uh, Brandon, how about yourself? Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, yeah, I was definitely the one that picked five wins. <laughs> And, no. <laughs> you know, we both had that disclaimer too of um prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. No problem with being proved wrong. Yeah. Um I'm happy that they're proving me wrong. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of improvement on both sides of the ball. I'm still not trying to get too excited over it. I want to see them play, you know, a little bit better team. I still feel like Washington was probably the best team they've played. Mm -hmm. And even they were pretty banged up. You know, as far as being like the best in the conference, I I would say they're up there. Uh, It's kind of the, you know, Ohio state has gone down a little bit. We still can't really overlook them. And I mean, Iowa was ranked sixth, I think. Yeah. I was a, a tricky one. They're a little hard to figure out. And I mean, one of the schools that I just can't stand, the fan base annoys me, but Michigan State is playing really well too. Yeah. And they beat um, Miami last week. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, because I think Michigan State's doing well too, uh, and not to dog them, but I don't think Miami's as good as everyone kind of thought in the first couple weeks, but they're still good. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would still say they're an above-average team. Mm-hmm. I still think they're better than anything Michigan's played. But, uh, and you know, I'll be honest, I haven't watched, like, any Michigan State. Just, like, highlights and, like, looked at box scores and stuff. But, uh, yeah, definitely liking what I'm seeing this year from Michigan. And Steven always like mentions my name when he goes and dogs uh, Jay Harbaugh. <laughs> I, I don't care about Jay Harbaugh. <laughs> like, I thought he sucked too. I was right there with you, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, th- I think that's why he mentions it. Because I think one time when he called, you were in total agreement. And, yeah. and me as well, too. I mean, like, it, you, look, you look at the history and the track record where it's just like, you're getting shuffled around between different positions on a team and it's, it's relatively obvious, but uh, one thing I will say with that is I don't know if it's strategic on saying, Hey, you know, or I I don't know if I should say uh, strategic. I don't know if it's evidence of his coaching that the tight ends aren't really involved a whole lot, but I mean, obviously Michigan's not passing the ball a whole lot. So I honestly feel like the tight ends are more of linemen than receivers right now. Mm. So uh, not kind of really defending him, but just that's the way that it is. I definitely do believe that there could be improvement at that uh, coaching position, but um, yeah, uh, we've, always been of the mindset show me don't tell me uh i'm more than happy to be proven wrong and i'm going to say it's more of like uh i'm going to take it living in the moment 
Cause I know uh, some people out there are just like, Oh, you know, this is the year for beating Ohio state or blah, blah. And all these like future games and everything. I'm just like, I don't care. I, I, I don't need to think about that. Uh, who knows how good those teams are right now. I've seen some of their games. I haven't seen some others uh, right now. It's just kind of like, what can we think and anticipate with Rutgers? I, Cause it's just like, Yes, things have been relatively good for Michigan um, since Harbaugh got there. They've definitely been better with Harbaugh there, but I, I've been caught, you know, uh, to be a point of disappointed because of thinking too far down the line, like, oh, you know, going undefeated. Oh, you know, being Ohio State. Oh, you know, this, this. It's just like, you know, forget it. One week mm-hmm. at a time. Uh, I know it has no impact on the game and the results and everything, but just for me, it's just like, I'm, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm, I'm going to enjoy what's going on. And you know what? I feel like this is going to be another week that we can enjoy uh, as they play Rutgers. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, right now we're looking at the NIU game and it was another uh, uh, running festival fanfare for <laughs> the running backs as they broke 300 yards again for the third week in a row. Rock. Yeah, so um, I, I will say this: it was nice. Uh, I did have the question out there: Will Michigan? Uh, will uh, I actually? I had a specific: Will McNamara throw for over 150 yards? And he did. I think he was at 130 yards or something like that before that um, bomb pass um, towards the end of the first half. And mm-hmm. honestly, because I, I put that question out there mainly from the aspects. Um, if you listened last week, that. I just want to see more passing because I want them to get more experience with it so that when they need to pass, you they feel comfortable passing. And actually, um, it was great to see because then at one point, Michigan, there was a penalty, something happened. It was a second and 18. They got pushed back to second and 18 for whatever it was. I, I really doubt it was a tackle for a loss, but... Second and 18, and then uh, McNamara passed, and it was an easy pickup for eight, a second and 18. Um, and that was the thing where it's just like, that. that's what I wanted to see when Michigan was playing uh, Washington, where it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. you're in an obvious passing situation. Try to pass. Um, so that that was nice to see. I, I feel good um, about them being comfortable. You know, they've got their, the couple wide receivers that are going to be that seem capable of uh, uh, making the catches when they're called upon. Um, uh, Cornelius Johnson had three receptions. Roman Wilson had two. Uh, Baldwin had three. A bunch of other people uh, had one and everything. But Johnson and Wilson uh, definitely seem capable when they need to be called upon. Um, Eric All has had some uh, big ones. I think he had the pickup on the uh, second and 18. So definitely feel better with the passing game this week. And not, not that I was really concerned with it before, but it's just like, you know, nothing beats game time experience. So that, that was the main thing that I was looking for that, but yeah, 63 to 10. And that was Michigan, not even scoring during the first fourth quarter. So snap. And also, uh, kudos to the defense, uh, Stephen bringing them up. Uh, defense doing a great job. Uh, Hutchinson doing his thing. Uh, Ross and the whole brigade. The secondary, you know, there there were a couple times where the secondary um, left some openings and got a little bit lucky that Northern Illinois wasn't more accurate. Um, they wouldn't have gotten burned, but, I mean, there would have been – some more first downs and maybe a few more points on the board, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they did not, the Huskies did not convert a third down until maybe it was the third. I think it was the fourth. Um, so that was an impressive job by Michigan. Where is it? Yeah, they went two for 13. And then <laughs> Michigan only had six third downs for the entire game. 
Yeah, and Rocky Lombardi didn't even throw for 100 yards. Yeah. <laughs> 46. Yeah. Oh, no, 71. Sorry. I was yeah, thinking. I was going to say it was in the 70s. Oh, wait, hold on. Is this giving me the wrong thing here? What are you no, doing? No, it was 46. It was 46. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was in the 70s. Oh, he, he had 70 re- rushing yards. Yeah, he had 70 rushing yards. <laughs> So that's that's rough when your passing quarterback uh, has more rushing yards and passing yards. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he he wasn't out there under throwing receivers by five yards and they have a chance to turn around and grab it like the like last year when he was playing for state. Oh my gosh. Can't I talk about that? <laughs> so well, um to switch gears up and to then turn things to looking forward michigan starts big 10 play this weekend and we get to talk about ruckers so interestingly enough i mean if anybody's been paying attention you'll be aware of this ruckers is definitely well and improved uh since the past few years this is actually going to be a meeting of the undefeateds undefeated undefeaters Anyways, undefeat, undefeat. I. <laughs> They're, both teams are undefeated, three and zero. It's going to be nineteen. Michigan hosting Rutgers. Uh, Michigan's favored by twenty and a half points, and the over under is forty nine and a half. Uh, Rutgers has played Temple, um, Temple at Syracuse, and then against Delaware, and they easily handled Temple and Delaware. Uh, Temple was 61 to 14. Delaware was 45 to 13. Uh, Syracuse was more of an interesting one um, on the road. Scoreless first half, but ended 17 to 7. So they won that one by 10 points. Um, they, interesting news for Rutgers this week. I'm not sure if you saw this, Brandon, um, but if you're following anyone on social media probably came across your feed. They lost um, two football players to suspensions this week. Hmm. Uh, One of them, a key defensive player, um, Max Melton and Chris Long were suspended after a paintball gun incident (laughs) that landed them getting arrested. So uh, Melton is the key, key of the two players. Um, He's been pretty active on defense, and he has two interceptions and a blocked punt through the first three games. So uh, he has he's going to be missed um, for Rutgers. Obviously, um, he's not the single difference maker, but he was a constant contributor. So, um, but yes. Some other information, uh, really Rutgers had, I mean, it's their defense that has been, uh, pretty impressive. As I said, they have held teams to 14, seven and 13 points. Uh, even though like the offense has, has been putting up, uh, quite a few points that, uh, defense performance is pretty good for Rutgers. Um, now granted, I mean, Temple, Syracuse, Delaware, that's not quite Michigan, um, Mm -hmm. uh, capacity. So it is going to be different for them this week. Uh, but it's, I don't think it's going to be, well, last year was no easy game against Rutgers, but last year was no normal game against Rutgers. So, yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be a slower paced game, um, that Michigan will be able to handle things, uh, well and take care of business and really limit that, uh, Rutgers offense and, um, put a hold on them and keep their scoring down really low. I mean, they only put up 17 against Syracuse. I'm going to be guessing, probably around the same or lower since they're playing Michigan. Um, In their games, I took some notes here. They've allowed passing yards. They've allowed 98, 191, 148. And then for rushing, it was 159, 67, and 113. 
So, um, kind of a relatively balance between between the two that teams have been able to put up on them. But as a total, they have not allowed over 261 total yards. So uh, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I was real. I really was thinking about doing another question about you know the offense for Michigan for my Michigan question of this week, but I wanted to change it up. Mm-hmm. because I felt like that would have been an easy one to go off of. Like, will Michigan be the first team to put up more than 300 yards on Rutgers? I feel like that's an easy answer. Um, so, again, the defense is kind of what I would label probably the cornerstone of this team. Um, it's probably going to be the same story for Michigan. Uh, I think you're going to see a uh, really similar kind of a repeat of uh, the plan against NIU where Washington was very specific. It's like run the ball 99% of the time and we're barely going to pass it. Even if we need mm-hmm. to, we're barely going to pass it. I wasn't exactly enthused about that, but it was what it was. NIU is more of kind of what I anticipate and uh, think is a good plan because you get a little bit of both. But first and foremost, run. I get that. Happy with it. Don't go away. Don't veer away from what's working. But uh, to not keep your keep the team one dimensional, I imagine that they'll sprinkle in the passing game. Um, not even when it has to be necessary but just get a little bit more experience out there for the uh, few key wide receivers and McNamara. They obviously show that uh, Rutgers can uh, gives the opportunity to pass the ball as much as they do with running the ball. So it might be, um, it might be a closer game at halftime. And so if they continue with their plan, if Michigan continues what they're doing, they might focus with the running game, in the first half wear them down and then maybe open things up in the second half more with the passing game when they've got, uh, when they've got the T uh, the defense worn down for Rutgers. So uh, did you check out anything for Rutgers? I actually watched a little bit. Uh, I watched the highlights from the Syracuse game, which as I said, was very uh, slow first half being scoreless, but. I haven't seen any highlights and I haven't watched any other games. Um, I mean, just looking at the box score and I see that Isaiah Pacheco is still there. He is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I remember um, he's kind of one of those big play guys. Uh, so he'd be someone to watch. And then Noah Vedral, the quarterback, looks like he's having a pretty good season so far. So it looks like they have a pretty pretty balanced offense. Yeah. They like to use a, a few different running backs, kind of like Michigan. Um, they pass a little bit more than Michigan does. Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> An interesting thing uh, that I saw in comparison is that uh, Pacheco has 45 carries for 152 yards mm-hmm. and three touchdowns, and then – Corum has 48 carries, so only three more carries, but he has 407 yards and seven times. (laughs) A little bit different there. And then in receiving, uh, the comparison that's a little interesting is that um, their leading receiver, Melton, has 20 receptions for 227 yards. And Johnson is leading Michigan uh, not too far behind, you know, 50, 60 yards behind. Um, and he's only done that on six receptions. Obviously, Michigan's had some pretty big plays against Western and NIU to put that up, but I mm-hmm. thought those were kind of interesting to look at. So, rock. And then, of course, the passing game is kind of something to chuckle at because McNamara hasn't even had as many attempts as uh, Vedral has completions. so oh that's pretty hilarious but it's understanding the situation you know can't can't beat having an effective rush offense as uh, michigan has right now so but uh it looks like vegetal throws about 25 times a game 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty close to being accurate. Um, couple number comparison here. Uh, Rutgers is averaging 41 points a game. Michigan is averaging 47. Ironically enough, they are tied for points allowed per game. Rutgers and Michigan both at 11.3 points per game. Their offenses, um, Rutgers is putting up 351 yards uh, on average, while Michigan is putting up 514. Huh? So... Uh, anything else you want to mention before we kind of uh, maybe move along into predictions? No, I don't think so. Ready to roll. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. We'll start with the Lions. What, uh, I don't know if you have mentioned this before. The Lions are the underdog. Oh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit. The Lions are the underdog by eight points against the Ravens with the over under 50. Brandon, what are your thoughts and predictions? Uh, Like I said earlier, I'm expecting a loss. I really don't think it's going to be that close. And this might be weird, but uh, my prediction is 35 to 17, which was the score of the Monday night game. So yeah, Ravens taking out the Lions 35-17. I think the Ravens will cover that spread. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too surprised by that. Because uh yeah, we were talking about that before. I think the Ravens are gonna do uh handle them easily. It it could be kind of like the uh, Green Bay game where the Lions make it close in the first half. I really don't think so. I think the Ravens are easily going to kind of be able to uh, you know just keep working against the Lions kind of at a steady pace. Uh, Man, with, with the struggles and everything with the offense, I'm I'm kind of wondering if they're going to even really be able to put up 17 points against uh, what I think is a more capable defense in the Ravens. Mm -hmm. So I think my score prediction, I'm going to go with 13, Lions 13 and Ravens. Thirty-four, Bruh. So, not too far off base from yours. Uh, anything else before moving along? Um, no. Let's get into Michigan. No hot takes. No crazy. <laughs> crazy. I don't really have too many hot takes this year because I'm expecting them to lose almost every single week. The hot take is the hot garbage. Um, all right, so it's switching gears to college then. 19 Michigan is hosting Rutgers. Uh, Michigan favored by 20 and a half points over under 49 and a half. Um, I will go ahead and get started on saying, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of similar things between the Western and Northern Illinois game. Um, a better defense, I still say Washington's the best defense that uh, Michigan has faced up to this point. So, um, I think the I think it'll be kind of uh, it won't be as flashy as the NIU game um, as we saw this past weekend, but I think it'll be kind of slow, methodical, lean on the running game, and go from there. So, I am going to kind of predict uh, something similar to the Washington game, though. I'm going to say Michigan 38, Rutgers uh, 13. Okay. So I, I think um, I, I think we're going to have around 250 rushing yards again. 
Um, I think McNamara is going to get more involved with passing. Uh, it'll probably be kind of similar to last game. I can't remember how much he had specifically against uh, against Northern Illinois. Let me see here. He had. Oh no, that was as a team, so that's not going to help anything. Um, but he had over 150 yards, so I'm I'm going to be guessing kind of maybe around uh, 125, 150, because they won't really need to. I don't think they'll need to lean on it too much. Um, but it should be more more competitive, as we said. Rutgers is looking better this year. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm kind of in that general ballpark. Um, I just think, you know, all this running, it's eventually teams are going to figure out how to defend against it. Not saying that Rutgers is like a bunch of geniuses and they're going to figure it out, but, you know, after scoring 63 points in a game, I, I can't see us getting like too high this week. Um, so I got Michigan winning 28 to 10. I feel like that's a fair, fair guess. 28 to 10. All right. Got you down for that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, it's anybody's guess. It is a decently large spread similar to last week. I mean, last week it was 27 points, but, um, yeah, that just the way that Michigan is able to wear teams down with the running game, I think we'll see it uh, take its toll and uh, they'll have an easier time in the second half moving against uh, the Rutgers defense. But time will tell. We'll see this weekend. So that gives us an opportunity to talk about our game locks of the week. I totally forgot to double check with you. Did you pick something before we started recording? Yeah, I did. I'll get right, right into it. Okay. Uh, so the Patriots are a three-point favor over the Saints, and I'm not sure why. I mean, the Saints came out and dominated the Packers, um, and they lost this past week. But I don't know. The Patriots—they're not what they used to be. Um, and I just can't see a way that they beat the Saints in this game. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I was just shocked to see that they're they're the favorite in this. I mean, it is in New England. Uh, both teams are one and one. Um, you know, they whoop the Patriots lost to the the Dolphins week one, and then they whoop the Jets. But I mean, everybody whoops the Jets. Yeah, except for maybe the Lions would. <laughs> Poor Jets. Uh yeah, and I mean the Saints got handled by the the Panthers last week, so I I don't know I think you know the Saints are gonna beat that that three point spread. Okay. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, we were already talking about the team that I'm picking this week. Uh, we talked a little bit about Michigan State, um, and they took out Miami on the road last week. And I am shocked that they are only a five-point favorite at home against Nebraska. Uh, So I'm taking Michigan State to cover negative five versus Nebraska. Now, neither of us have been faring very well with our game locks, (laughs) uh, which kind of disappoints me because, you know, I've – I feel like in the past I've done pretty well. So maybe this is my turning point. But I'm not surprised because I always do pretty terrible. (laughs) <laughs> don't don't put me in your company i don't want to be associated with that so well you're already doing a podcast with me so you're already associated with me <laughs> <laughs> true all right so game locks in last things to wrap up this episode is questions of the week uh for michigan as i said i've talked a lot about the offense in the past few weeks so i switched it up to defense uh was looking at things at Rutgers. Um, they have allowed four total sacks and 25 total tackles for loss through three games. Um, so Michigan, um, so far with sacks, has 
had one sack against Western Michigan, four against Washington, and one against Northern Illinois. So I'm going to ask if the Michigan defense will have over under four sacks versus Rutgers this weekend. Oh, wow. I am just going to say under because four is quite a bit. Yeah, I um, I, I see the, the tricky part is, uh, and I deliberately want to do this just to make it that much more difficult. Um, I did at four. I didn't go with like four and a half or three and a half because I'm really feeling that it's probably going to land on four. Um, but you know, it's Big Ten opener for Michigan at home. Um, I, I feel like taking a chance, I'm going to go with over, I'm not, uh, you know, a hundred percent sold on it, but I feel like taking the the chance with that one. So what, uh, what do you have for the lines? Oh, I got will Lamar Jackson throw for over 200 yards and rush for over 100 yards. And I am going to say yes. Will Lamar Jackson throw over 200 yards and rush for over 100 yards? You say yes. Man, that's probably (laughs) going to be – that sounds easy. So I'm probably going to have to go yes on that one too. he He did it against the Chiefs. Yeah. And so we're talking about Detroit defense. So I'm going to go with yes. All right. Well, we will get those questions posted out there on social media if anybody wants to contribute to the conversation. Um, And then, as always, don't forget, we've got the voicemail. Appreciate the calls all the time. Steven, uh, you guys can call, too, if you ever want to share your thoughts. Uh, It's 551-258-3276. Best time to call is between Saturday and Tuesday night at 8 p.m. So we always appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope it's another fun-filled weekend of football. And until next time, go blue. Go blue.